Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 11th of July, 2023 Hong Kong Stories podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. Huge summer hellos go out to our fellow Hong Kongers, both here and around the world. We hear you, Hong Kong, and we are listening. Our shows have paused for the summer, but do you know what hasn't paused? Our workshops. You can attend a free workshop and bring along a story to tell and find out how you can tell it better. We don't change the stories or add in zombies or vampires to make them more exciting. We just gently teach you how to tell your stories better. You can find details of the next workshop on the website hongkongstories.com. The stories you're going to hear today were told as a result of a workshop with Harrow International School in Hong Kong. We were still locked down during the time of recording, so the show was performed over Zoom, and apologies in advance for the sound quality. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. Now with a story told online in a show with the Harrow International School in Hong Kong in 2022, here is Elise. When I was eight years old, I learned a very important lesson. It all started when I'd first moved to Virginia and made a couple of friends. I'd hear them bragging constantly about going skiing every Christmas at this resort that was about a four hour drive into the Blue Ridge Mountains. Obviously I wanted to go. So I begged and begged and begged my parents to take me there until they finally gave in and planned a trip with our family friends, an older couple and their two teenage daughters. You know, when you're a kid and you look up to all the older kids, they have more freedom than you. They can do the things you're not allowed to. You wish you could be friends with them. You want to be them. Well, these two girls looked neat and professional. They made me feel so small. Their ski suits were neutral colored and sleek. Meanwhile, I was there wearing a mishmash of colors and patterns since those were the only styles of ski suits in the kids section. I looked like I was dressed up for Halloween as my grandma's tacky curtains. These two girls had highlights in their hair, making them look rebellious in a way. They had control over their appearance. They could do whatever they wanted. I'd always wanted highlights, but of course I was too young to dye my hair. I wasn't allowed. As I watched these girls take selfies and send them to their buddies via Snapchat, I just thought to myself, gosh, they are so cool. Trying to make a good impression on these girls, I tried my best to be chill in front of them, despite how self-conscious I felt. I just didn't want them to think of me as that embarrassing little kid. When we arrived at the resort, we picked up our skis and all of our gear, and we were ready to hit the slopes. I was dying of excitement. I felt that I was standing on top of the world, tipping off the edge of a huge, huge white steep slope that I couldn't wait to just glide down. Surrounded by these vast and monstrous mountains, I was anxious to feel the fluffy white snow flatten beneath the weight of my skis. But the moment my dad said, all right, Elise, let's go, the second thoughts began to flood my mind. What if I embarrassed myself? Was I going to die? I had never skied before. I never learned to ski. But I had watched enough Barbie movies. I could pretend I've done this before. I bet that if I really wanted to, I could surely do a double backflip on skis. Plus, my dad used to work at a ski center when he was younger. He was amazing. He could save me. That is, if I needed it, of course. Surely I wouldn't. 
Feeling confident, I took off. I did fine at first. I was soaring. I was graceful. I was speedy. I was probably going too fast. I didn't know how to slow down. I didn't know how to stop. The knot of worries was building in my stomach. I was only gaining speed. Hyperventilating, I realized I only had two options. Option one, to continue gaining speed and eventually crashing into a tree, dying. Or I could choose option two, which was simply tipping over and letting the snow swallow me, losing my dignity and doing the thing I wanted to do least that day, embarrassing myself in front of the two older girls. But hey, I was alive. Of course, I chose the safer option that promised less of a chance of resulting in my death. I slowly accepted my fate and fell with a soft thud into the bed of snow, emerging from it looking like a chubby little snowman with a neon pink beanie. Ashamed, I turned around to face my concerned dad, who had failed to save me, by the way, the older couple and the two giggling girls. With my cheeks blushing from both the embarrassment and the burn of the cold, I whimpered and burst into tears, never wanting to ski again. Now, you may be thinking, what lesson did you learn from that day, Elise? Well, that day I learned that the phrase, faking it till you make it, isn't completely applicable in all situations, especially when it comes to a life or death situation. Thank you. We are glad that Elise wasn't seriously hurt, but I'm sure everyone can remember the burn of wanting to fit in and not quite managing it. Next up. Here is Hugo. One piece of unique advice I've got to say to you is do not hold bread outside. And if you wish to do so, you must do so with extreme caution. Hi guys, it's Hugo here and welcome back to the channel. Today I'll be telling you where this advice was born. And born it was like a sword forged in fire and bread. The sound of this strange tip may be unusual, but this tip can save your life. So I began to take this statement as a principle at around the age of seven. I was in Centennial Park in Sydney. My family and I took the chance to spend the morn outside as usual in the park. And the ducks were all there. It was quite a lovely park as well. And when you mapped it out, it was this large patch of green by a large lake that the ducks swam in. And this lake was parallel to one single road intersecting to the far end of the park. It was like any usual Sunday morn. We were feeding the ducks with the leftover white bread that we used to save for the ducks. And we took the bread to the park via a plastic ziplock, which showed the bread filling the surprisingly spacious bag. Now, I don't remember where my parents were because, you know, this happened a long time ago, but I knew they were nearby. Anyway, it was a joyous occasion since there were so many ducks that morning. And despite the grey clouds, there was this glint of sunlight with specks of light smoothly reflecting off of the surface of the lake and on the puddles on the park road nearby. I was giving out bread as if I were Snoop Dogg giving out money. The number of ducks coming over to see what I had increased. One, two, skip a few, 99, 100. But something strange happened. All the ducks parted. And as they parted, this huge dark swan emerged from the nearby lake. The swan was beautiful, but possessed a beauty that could mask all agendas. It began striding towards me as the small ducks divided and opened a path for the swan. Was Moses up to something again? It didn't stop either. And I offered it bread, but no, it wouldn't take the bread at all. It began to open its beak. Now, you may think that ducks, geese, and swans have no teeth, but they have fangs hidden, seemingly tucked into their beaks. And the fangs of this swan dug into my skin as I internalized my pain, because, you know, 
I was in a public space. I felt this immense rush of adrenaline as I knew I had to leave. I ran, but I did not drop the bread. The swan chased me. It was actually chasing me. Oh dear, I'm on the road. How did I get here? The road seemed very far away when I was over there. Oh no, a car was coming. A big black Jeep was coming, but I was too scared to move. And I was too small to be seen by the car. I think my coat was gray or black, but the point is that those dark colors blended in very well with the road, which didn't help much either. I now know what it feels like to be one of those characters in the film where they're on the road, but they're too scared to move when something large is charging at them. Paralyzed, I was paralyzed. I was stuck in a life or death situation, all because of flour, yeast, and water, plus a little bit of sugar because it was commercialized bread. And the Jeep was so close and it wasn't stopping, but suddenly there was a push and I was shoved to the other side of the road by my mother who saved my life within a fraction of a second. As the big black Jeep drove past, not stopping, I knew that if I was still there, if I was still on that road, I would be the strawberry jam on bread. I glanced back at the road, but the swan was nowhere to be seen. Perhaps the swan had a different agenda masked by its darkness. Anyway, that moment, I guess, was a chance for me to reflect on the fragility of life. I could be feeding ducks one second, and in the fraction of the next, I wouldn't be. I knew death was real, but I never thought it could get to me, especially when I was so young. Regardless, many things happened that day. If you didn't get anything out of this, remember my slogan, don't hold bread outside unless your mother is nearby. Stay tuned for more stories, but for now, goodbye. Thanks for listening to today's stories brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. The music for this podcast was written and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell.